You're listening to LinkedIn Ads Radio, the podcast dedicated to exploring and mastering LinkedIn advertising with your host, Anthony Blattner from Speedwork. Hey, marketers, what is new with LinkedIn ads? Well, that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today. And I'm excited to say that LinkedIn seems like they've been working very hard over there. And there's a lot of new advancements in the ads platform, some new features that have been released and some changes and even some features that are coming back. So we're going to talk about several topics today, but we're going to talk about all the new features over the last couple of months that have been released that you should know about if you're going to be using LinkedIn ads platform. I will be covering document ads, the thought leader ads and all that good stuff. So I'm going to, I'm going to walk through um, some visuals here. There'll be links in the show notes and all that good stuff. So you can see more info and then I'll be describing everything well enough here so that you can, you can listen, you don't have to watch, but that if you are watching, there'll be more info to see exactly where some of these features live. All right. I've been very excited by this because I'm going to kind of zoom out and I remember a couple of years ago when LinkedIn was acquired by Microsoft, I was super excited. I was like, all right, Microsoft's coming in. They're going to bring all these development resources. Like it's awesome to have be acquired by a bigger company, let alone one of the top two at the moment, largest companies in the world. So that the amount of resources and development power that that would open up, I was super excited for that. And then a little bit of time went by, a little bit of time went by and I was like, I wonder what they're doing over there. And my hunch is that they've been really working on the back end of the systems to kind of get it all integrated or caught up or, you know, kind of things caught up to speed. I feel like they've been working on a lot of infrastructure things. Of course, there's been a lot of changes over the LinkedIn platform, both internally and externally um, over the last couple of years. But I've, of course, focused a lot on the ads platforms. So I keep an eye there of what's changing. And I feel like they are, they're hitting the gas now and my hunch is they've got the back end caught up and now they're releasing a lot of new exciting features and releasing them at a faster pace and they're making updates and changes. So I've been very excited by a lot of the new developments. So let's go ahead and dive into some of the, the, those new ones here. The first one I'll talk about are document ads. If you've been a LinkedIn user and on the on the platform regularly, I'm sure you've noticed all the new document ad formats that people have been using just even on the organic side. The document ad format allows you to upload a, a, a document. Often PDFs are used, but you can also do slideshows and there's a few different formats that it supports. But PDFs are probably the most common where you can design uh, a PDF and you can do various shapes and sizes of these. You can do square, you can do vertical, you can do horizontal. So if you already have an existing slide deck or many people design these specifically for in-feed consumption, you can do a lot with this new ad format. It's somewhat similar to how on Instagram you can post multiple images and somebody can see your post and then scroll through a couple images like that. It operates very similar, but they're called document ads on LinkedIn or document posts and uh, document ads in the ads platform. But what you can do is you can design a few pages and you can do you know a few pages of tips and tricks. You could do a very short tutorial on how to complete something. You could put several testimonials into one carousel. So a lot allows you to do a lot um, within this format. Uh, it also has tends to have a very high engagement rate because it's very easy for someone to scroll through a couple different images there, a couple different pages. So why they're good is because when you have just one single image, you can only convey one frame of information. But if you have several slides or pages, you can convey a lot more information because of that. And then with well-designed ones that get people's attention, look nice, people are going to be a lot more likely to click to click and scroll through those. So we see very high engagement rates, which are great because very high engagement rates give us stronger quality scores, which allow us to get cheaper costs and better overall performance on the ads platform. 
All right, well, that's the rundown on document ads. When they first rolled out, there was kind of two options. Uh, you could upload the document into the ad format and then offer the, the user the option to either just click and download the document and get it right away or click to open up a lead gen form and then download after submitting that lead gen form. And now kind of a little little tip or trick is that that form that was attached to it didn't have to be the, the download this document form. It could be a, a requested demo form or various different things. Most people did use and do use like a, a download this document type of form so that when they do submit it, then they then get the document afterwards. So what that looks like is, again, you've probably seen these carousel, these document ads that live on LinkedIn. You can put actual PDFs in here. Maybe you have slide decks or lead magnets or stuff like that. And then you can choose to show a couple pages of information. And then somebody, the user has to submit the form to get the rest of the document. That's kind of how these work. So the form would pop up and they would submit this. And then if they do submit that, then they would then have access to uh, download the PDF through LinkedIn. The new way, the, the new option is now you can direct people to click right through to a website. So instead of the download button or the lead gen form button, you can now have like a, use all the same CTAs, but that button can now link through to a website afterwards. I think this is good because documents are great for getting engagement, but if people are kind of just blocked by a lead form or blocked by just downloading the document, it kind of ends the journey there. So document ads are great for grabbing, you know, getting engagement but oftentimes we want to direct people to our website to maybe learn more. Maybe you have the document to download on your website, or maybe that kind of feeds in to the rest of the funnel. Now, you always could put a link URL in the body of the document ad, uh, and we do often do this. Uh, I think it's nice just to have another option just to click through to go to the go to the website. Because a lot of times the documents that we would design, the, the PDFs more designed for conveying certain information, whereas less designed for somebody to actually download and come back to read again the PDF. The benefit of the document is that so I can put a lot of information in the ad in the form of a document and then have somebody click through to my website afterwards. So having this uh, website visits option, I think is a great, great option here. Next are thought leader ads are what we'll talk about. So thought leader ads came out this past summer, and this allows us um, to now boost posts from individuals and boost them into an ad campaign. Previously, ads could only originate from a company page, so they would always have the company's logo in the top left and you know be a post that came from the company's page. You could create ads from a company page. You could boost posts from a company page. But now we can now boost posts from individuals. This is a great feature because people will always engage with people more than companies. So I think this, what we've seen is this has increased engagement rates a lot, and it allows to establish kind of a human-to-human -human connection. Some of the most common ones we use are um, boosting posts from the founder or the owner or the CEO to kind of tell the story and the history of the company. Another nice use case is boosting posts from salespeople to put those in front of prospects, especially your warmest audience, maybe those who have already requested demos as a way to kind of warm up that introduction and facilitate that introduction. Also new with Thought Leader ads are the ability to do um, videos in the in the post as well. So right now they are there's certain specifications you can use for Thought Leader ads. Right now it's images and videos. I'm not going to go super in depth. There's a lot more to talk about. We actually have a very exciting episode coming up where we're going to deep dive uh, even further uh, on Thought Leader ads and talk about a lot of stuff there. So keep your eyes out for that. Next, I'm a little sad to say that the website demographics feature is going to be getting sunset on November 30th here on LinkedIn. 
So LinkedIn has its LinkedIn Insight tag, which is a little piece of code, a little pixel that you'll put on your website, and then that will track visitors to your website and match those people into whom they are as a LinkedIn user, and then it can give you some analytics and demographics back on, on the people visiting your website. It's a great place to go do um, market research or audience research for your company, and that can maybe inform your targeting that you choose to use. So it was very easy. You put the insight tag in your website, and then this would automatically populate. So unfortunately, this feature is going away. But what what they're doing is it's actually it's kind of it's getting better. It's just moving to where it is. So now you have to create a website retargeting audience, and that website retargeting audience will then have it have the ability to generate its own insights, and it'll appear just as it does here. But it will be live under that new website audience that you will have to create. So it does create an extra step to get to these metrics. But you can now create these to, um, you, can have, you can have multiple ones where it'll track, you can do like 30-day audience, you can do your 90-day audience, 180-day audience, you can do specific pages and generate insights off those. So you would often want to compare the demographics of my of everybody who visits my website versus people who visit my requested demo page and my pricing page and stuff like that and see who are the demographics of the people getting to these high intent pages. So the feature is getting a little bit better. Uh, it's kind of moving. It was kind of nice that you could just drop the insight tag on your website and this would automatically populate. So there's a few more steps, but it does come with additional features here. The next item I'm excited to say is that the message ad format is, is staying. So this was a feature that was going to get sunset by LinkedIn. And they've been kind of telling us for a couple months, you've been seeing the banner up there that this is going to be sunset, prepare to move your campaigns, switch your campaigns. And now we just recently heard that this the message ad feature is going to be staying. My hunch is a lot of people, this, is, this has been around for a long time and probably has been very heavily adopted and used by the advertising community. And in my hunch is a lot of people are getting value out of this. So... I'm sure there was a lot of feedback saying, please don't get rid of message ads. They are a good format. And the reason why LinkedIn originally did this is because there is a new format called conversation ads. And this is what a conversation ad looks like. It looks very similar to message ads. They both look very similar. Conversation ads allow you to build a, a tree, a message tree. So, so you can send a message and then the user, the reader would have a couple options that they can choose to click from. You know, they're very similar in that fact. Conversation ads, We'll have a few chat bubbles here and you will click on one of these to then continue the conversation. There'll be a whole message tree. You can use lead gen forms. They can go to websites and stuff like that. The reason why people probably want message ads to stay is because message ads are kind of a nice, simple format. They're like a one-shot message with a very clear CTA. You can see that the CTA button lives at the top here and then also is in the bottom of this message. Whereas conversation ads, they look more natural, but the CTA is less prominent. So it might be a little bit less clear as to what the desired action is. So sometimes we see that there is a lower button click rate and lower conversion rate because of that. So again, message ads were nice and simple, a one-shot message, um, you know, kind of like sending an email or sending an email message. Conversation ads were a bit more advanced. My hunch and, and kind of what I've seen in experience is oftentimes the message ad is a nice one-shot offer email that kind of that gets sent through the LinkedIn platform and it is very effective because of that. The chat bubble, the conversation ad feature is nice when you want to convey more information, but is has a lower conversion rate on a specific offer. So when you're sending specific offers, message ads are often better because it's a more prominent and clear uh, CTA. Conversation ads are better when you need to convey more information or, or want to convey more information and offer multiple CTAs because they offer that tree structure. Next is a feature that came out a couple months ago that kind of came out very quietly, but I know a lot of marketers are extremely excited for. This has been asked for for probably years, 
If you've been to any website form that requires you to input a, a business email address, that's essentially what LinkedIn has now built into the LinkedIn forms here, where you can validate the email address so that somebody you can require a business email be input there. A lot of times, you know, in B2B marketing, we often want uh, business email addresses if we're selling, you know, business service products or services. So if you add the work email input here, you can then choose validate work email. And when you check that box, then the user will be required to submit a work email address when they do submit the form. If they try to submit a Gmail or a Yahoo, it'll kick that back and it won't let them submit it. And last item that we'll go through here today is the revenue attribution report. This came out uh, a few months ago. Great new report from LinkedIn as a way to associate LinkedIn's impact, uh, not just based on clicks, not just based on leads, but also based on impressions. If only 0.4% of people ever click on an ad, then there's a whole lot of impressions out there. And a lot of marketers are kind of wonder what, what's the impact of all those impressions that we're serving that are a lot harder to track. So that's what the revenue attribution report, aka the RAR, helps you do. It'll associate impressions uh, that a your ad account has made to a user and to a, an account, and then it'll associate that with Salesforce uh, data to say, we served an impression to this company, and then that company closed within a, a certain time window. We're going to log that as an attribution and start to calculate pipeline impact, revenue impact, and return on ad spend. It's not, you know, none of these are ever perfect models, but it starts to associate those metrics. It's also nice that they let you choose any impression counts as a touch, multiple, several, and now even engagements uh, count as a touch. So you can kind of see what those different levels of impact are. And then the new feature that just came out is they now have a campaign level breakdown. So this is what we always kind of wanted is which campaigns are driving the most revenue and the highest ROI and the highest, the most pipeline. So this is all great, great data to be keeping an eye on. So if you haven't set this up yet, jump into the RAR, add your ad account to the business manager, and then connect your Salesforce CRM system to business manager. And then these metrics will get put out um, that you can follow along. So you can order these by revenue one, ROAS. You can order by spend and pipeline amount to see which campaigns that you're running have had the biggest impact and the highest ROI. This is exactly the data you want to be tracking when you're running uh, LinkedIn ad campaigns. All right. So that's a big roundup of uh, several a bunch of new features that LinkedIn's released in the last couple months. I've been super excited because it seems like more features are coming out quicker. They're even, um, you know, bring listening to the marketing and advertising community and keeping message ads. I know like that's been a big, big ask by a lot of marketers. So it's very exciting to see all these developments and LinkedIn listening to their marketing community. So what we went over today, we went over document ads. You can now click through to the website, thought leader ads. You can boost posts that are both image ads or video ads. We went over how website demographics are sunsetting, but that feature is just moving to the audience insights feature inside of the audience section and LinkedIn ads. We talked about how message ads are going to be staying. So you now have the option to do conversation ads or message ads. We talked about, you can now use the validate work email field in the lead gen form field. And then we talked about the revenue attribution report and campaign level reporting. I just realized we missed one. So I'm going to jump back over to predictive audiences. And in predictive audiences here, what you can do is if you do go to create audience, click on that drop down. And previously there was, and, and there still is the lookalike option. So lookalikes have been around for a long time on LinkedIn. You will give it a list or something to build a lookalike off of. And then LinkedIn will generate your audience based off that seed audience you provide it. Predictive audiences are very similar to that, but they are, they're kind of like the version two, the new generation of lookalike audiences. These are more based off of AI rather than based off just the data that's in your seed audience. LinkedIn uses a new technology when they generate this. 
for when you're creating predictive audiences, you can give it a, a few different types of seed audiences. You can upload a contact list and create it based off that. So maybe you have a list from your CRM, a list of your current customers you want to build this off of. You can build it off of a conversion. So if you have certain conversions on your website, maybe like request demo, or maybe you have a purchase conversion that you can build the, the seed list off of, you know, the, the more close to purchase or bottom of the funnel, the better that seed audience is going to be. So you can give it a conversion event to build that audience based off that. And then finally, our lead gen forms. So if you have a form that uh, you've been using in the LinkedIn ads platform, you can build your predictive audience based off that lead gen form. Now, after you select the source, you can then choose the location you want to build this. So th this does operate it's kind of similar to how Facebook's uh, lookalikes have, have operated, um, but you'll then select location. So I can have a US-based predictive audience. I can have a UK-based predictive audience. I can have an Australia-based predictive audience. So it's going to build it based on the demographics uh, and the data that the AI has for those different locations. And then after that, you're going to select the size of the audience that you want to build. What I've been told is you want to shoot for, choose a size that's no more than 10 times the size of your seed audience. Keep in mind that you're uploading data into like an algorithm here and the algorithm is going to do its best based on the seed data that it has. So if you give it 300 people and try to create an audience of 3 million people, there's only so many parameters that that uh, algorithm knows about. So it's going to be, your, your audience is going to be a lot more broad and vague when you create it and less likely to be that exact audience you want. So that, that's kind of like a rule of thumb. You know, you can, if you're having success with predictive audiences, you can continue going bigger and bigger and see how the quality looks. But rule of thumb that, that we've been told is go about 10 times bigger. So if you have an audience, if you have a list size of 300, build your predictive audience to be 3,000. If you have a list size of, of 300,000, then you can build your predictive audience to be 3 million people. So those are just some ranges. Um, we've actually seen some success with predictable audiences. I'd say they kind of operate, you know, as we've expected lookalikes to operate and then operated even better. The other nice thing is that predictive audiences continue to uh, refresh themselves regularly. I think it's like about every two weeks, whereas lookalikes, you would generate that audience and then that would be a static audience. So you'd have to keep regenerating your lookalikes each time you wanted to refresh it, you know, depends on your budget, but maybe you would do that monthly or something like that. It's nice that you can create your predictive audience, launch into campaign, and just know it's going to be refreshing for you in the background. All right. Well, that's my bonus tip now. Um, so that's that's the recap here of all the new features that have been released in the last couple of months. Lots of great new improvements to LinkedIn ads. So go out there, give them a try. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out as always. Thanks. Thanks for listening to LinkedIn Ads Radio. That's it for this episode. Stay tuned for more.